This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 276, Deanna Nunez on Mind Body Fit Life. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Habits plus self belief plus self identity equals a new change a new behavior, and sustainability. Those are the words that Deanna shares in this outstanding conversation, talking about reaching a global audience, using your skills as a hypnotist, as well as becoming that model of success, utilizing the same techniques for yourself. It's Jason Lynette, and I'm welcoming you back to the program and uh, welcoming Deanna back to the program as well as she was previously on a little while ago on episode number 193, which we will link to over in the show notes over at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. Though inside of this conversation, a bit of an update of more so a deep dive into her strategies of working with clients, whether it's one-to-one or running thriving communities online. And an interesting nuance inside of this is that ability that as we continue to become that person who is supporting our client, and especially if we're building towards establishing a community, the fact that we create these little subcategories where our people start to know of each other and people are gathering together, and it's really creating that incredible connection, this incredible resource of people who are now supporting each other. And that's something that Deanna absolutely nails and highlights inside of this conversation. So we spend time talking about exactly what her formula is for weight loss. Uh, How do we adapt our style for working with different personalities and different clients? Again, whether it's one-to-one or working within groups. And also, we spent some time talking about her new book, Mind, Body, Fit Life, which you can find links to over in the show notes over at, again, WorkSmartHypnosis.com. And while you're there, also check out HypnoFormula.com. That's where I've put together a free presentation specifically on how to better scale up your hypnosis business. Let's change the dynamics of how we think about pricing, and let's think beyond hours in terms of how we create valuable programs for our clients. It's an on-demand presentation. You can check that out absolutely free over at hypnoformula.com. And with that, let's jump directly into this week's session. Here we go. Episode number 276, Deanna Nunez on Mind Body Fit Life. Hey, Deanna, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back with you. Which you were back on in December of 2018 on episode 193, because of course we're all counting and keeping track of the specific episode numbers. But I wanted to have you back on as I've seen some of the things you've been posting online, some of the stories you've been sharing, and just this idea of going back to information we've shared and revisiting it from a different angle. So just briefly, can you kind of catch us up? What's been going on since last time we connected in December of 2018? I've worked with a lot more clients. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we learn from our clients and I love that about what we do and just being open-minded to that, that we, you know, I, as a creator and a content creator, and I'm always working on, you know, what's this next exercise or program or hypnotherapy session that I'm going to take my clients through. And I really listen to their feedback. I listen and watch their results and how they interpret. And I think that we can just make our stuff that much better as we, you know, interact with our clients. So I learned a lot more since then. So is there something that maybe stands out that 
and this may be a different category, but let's say something you used to believe is the best way to do it, but then something happened and now you're seeing there's an alternative route, another way to get there that may be better? Ah, that's an interesting question. I've been working in the area of weight loss for quite some time. Uh, it really started in 1999 with seminars, mm -hmm. but it became more entrenched about 10 years ago. And I feel like from the beginning, I was, I kind of had more of that coach approach that's a little, uh, I, I would say like more disciplinarian. Mm -hmm. And then I started to wave into really understanding that my clients needed a softer approach. There were women that were overcoming emotional eating. They had experienced abuse of various kinds. About 65% of my entire client pool had experienced some kind of sexual abuse. And so I was noticing that I needed to be a little more softer and try to walk that line with them between, okay, how do we really get you dialed in with your eating habits and staying consistent and on track, but also really considering all of the things that keep them from staying consistent, all that subconscious stuff that they're holding on to. And so where I've gotten better is a better at walking that line of being their, being their friends, being their coach, being their trainer, and also where we can just constantly, I would say, be able to consider all those variables in the journey. Yeah, which I'm flashing back to, I think this was, was it maybe two years ago that I was out in San Diego at a marketing convention and we got together one morning for breakfast and yeah. there, was, there was something that I was telling a story of and I used the two words together of ethical influence and you kind of lit up and went, that's the way it should be talked about, which when if we're, and I bring that up because I can think back to a specific moment at the gym that I go to where the trainer says to the client, you're now going to do these kettlebell swings. And she goes, no, I'm not because of my back. And he somehow thought that responding, well, I'm your trainer. So yes, you are, mm -hmm. was the best way to respond to that little, hmm, is enough said there. That did not go well. No, when the better mindset is again, that that softer approach, we can use older hypnotic language patterns of more permissive that when that can become their idea that we may have helped guide them towards That's as right. opposed to I'm helping you do this. <laughs> I'm going to make you do this. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's right. Where they have the agreement versus they're doing it because you asked them. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And I do that dance with my clients constantly. And of course, I do a lot of group programs. And so that means you're dealing with 50 different personalities as well with 50 different histories. And so what works for one doesn't work for the other. But knowing how to read them and how to just stay so much of it, I, I find is also just staying in the conversation with them. And because mm -hmm. they'll make stuff up, right? <laughs> they will <laughs> at any point, you know, if you're let's say we're doing a group experience and if you're not staying in communication and keeping the conversation going, whether it's in your Facebook group or via the emails or whatnot, they will go because they maybe they had some sort of experience in that session together and they're gonna make it mean something different. And I just notice how important it is to completely stay in open communication with them as a group. Which I mean, this kind of goes back to the last time you're on the program where we talked about your background in stage hypnosis, mm -hmm. which the more effective that can be is where, you know, you're not just working with 20 people as if they're all one group, it's instead 20 individuals. Yeah. And then to let that now carry over to working with a group. And this is part of why I wanted to have you back on that to see how it's not just an event. It's instead this entire systematic approach mm -hmm. where there's work together, 
there's materials outside of that. Can, can you talk a bit about kind of building that program for people? I love this approach. I just feel like it is the legacy of my entire business is to keep them on this ride with me. And as we know, you know, it's that top 20% that will come back and buy from you and they want what you have next. And so it's a beautiful thing to keep creating and bringing them along. I have always wanted to build relationships and mm -hmm. so I'm not looking necessarily for one-offs and that we're in this thing called life. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> people have multiple issues and struggles along the way. And what's, who's to say that they're not going to need you again, you know, down the road. I think that's an important piece that I learned as a hypnotist slash coach is mm -hmm. that if they sign up for a three month program with me, the chances are pretty high that they're going to do that again down the road. And I want to make sure that I'm always staying in their line of sites, you know, that they're staying in communication with me, that they're, I'm going to be their go-to when they're ready to do that again. Yeah. So let's look inside of kind of what happens inside of these groups, inside of mm -hmm. these programs, because part of the audience is now wondering, well, what does she do with them? If you had to kind of unpack some of it, let's say from hypnotic techniques that this crowd would recognize, what are you typically doing with people in terms of that release work in terms of that motivational work? Oh gosh, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's never ending. I mean, you just can come up with so many different things. So what it looks like for me in my business model, it's a membership model. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the actual business side of it, and then we'll get to the content side, the business side of it is a membership model. And so therefore that requires you to offer a lot of different content to keep mm -hmm. them enthused, keep them in it and keep them paying, right? To be a part of the value of what you're offering. And so then as far as the content is concerned, I am always wanting to kind of keep them on their toes. And so I ebb and flow back and forth between how can I kind of poke at them and get them a little riled up and keep <laughs> them thinking. And then also how can I have other times where we're softer and we're going deeper and we're all about really strengthening and focusing on what they have already inside themselves. That is always the softer side that feels good. And then there's the other side where I'm poking at them and, and getting them to kind of wake up more and getting them to recognize and identify what their fears are. What are their triggers? What are their stress triggers? We want to talk about those things that, so I feel like I'm constantly preparing them for difficult situations, especially in the area of weight loss. You know, that's an area where you really need to have a lot of patience because if you want to see people through an experience and with us as hypnotists, we're not always recommending, you know, aside from the programs that have drink this protein shake, eat this meal, where those results are going to be very much like a diet culture. And mm -hmm. those people that come on into your programs can, they can go from A to Z drinking this. They have this before and after picture and they'll get to those resu results. Well, we know when you do the research that 85% of those are going to fail. Yeah. Those people are going to fail and then need you again, which. The phrase that I keep seeing is that it may be effective, but as long as they're still doing it. They have to keep buying the thing. They have to yeah. keep, you know, so so looking at how we can become that resource where they're they're learning along the way. And mm -hmm. I love that from everything you've said so far, none of it really got into the specifics of eat this, don't eat that. It's instead that individual. It's instead the emotions, the confidence, and who that person is. Yeah. 
the behaviors. You know, I'm yeah. going to loop back around to what you were just talking about is there, it goes back to an ethical question again. Are you the kind of company that wants to just keep them on the hook like a lot of diets have in our culture? Mm -hmm. And do you want them to just keep coming back and buying that product? Well, the business owner of that product will say yes. Yes, we want them to come back and keep buying that product. But, you know, being that we are hypnotists and we really are in it for the ethical reasons, we're in it to truly help people. We're in it to help them to believe in themselves, to actually create change. And I think that where I have become really skilled and I would want everyone else to do this, you know, listening to this, I'd want them to appreciate this is that we can still do the protein shake thing, but we want to name it for what it is. It's a tool. Yeah, it is right. not something to depend on. And that being said, protein shakes really are just a bunch of processed food. Anyways, we shouldn't really be drinking them as something that we do daily, nutritionally speaking. So ethically, I think- What was it? The, the, the Whole30 people, their original book was just called, It All Starts With Food. Which I think you and I've had the conversation before where years ago, and this is mostly given my height, working with a personal trainer to go, show me how to properly lift weights. Why? Because all the machines are built for someone taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> where it's not the dependency of they don't have this one machine yeah. or, oh no, I'm on travel or you know, here I am and there's a different food choice or, oh, rats, there's a global pandemic and I'm not able to buy this one specific thing. Exactly. So, you know, we, I, I kind of came around to the same thinking a while ago too, that I used to be anti that stuff, but then go, well, if here's the tool that helps someone to get there faster, mm -hmm. let's recognize it for what it is, but then mm -hmm. taper off and now they've got their own independence. Yeah. I love the, the dependency word. I to be dependent on yourself. That's what I always really make sure that I emphasize with my clients is that I want them to give themselves credit. And you think, mm -hmm. think about this for a moment. So many programs that now call themselves or so many diets that call themselves programs. Uh, yeah. every every product right out there. That was nicely phrased. They, do. they all call themselves a lifestyle. And it's really still there. I totally want to cuss here, but they'll they're bull bleep foods and meal plans and products that are keeping these people hooked. It gets under my skin. I get really pissed mm -hmm. off about this because it's part of when my mom passed away, she was still ordering all those things that would come in boxes uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> that she'd go on. But this hits us like the dependency on that. I tell my clients, I want you to be able to know how to feed yourself so that we could drop you anywhere in the planet and know exactly what you need to eat for your body. So outside of the foods, outside of the sort of shortcuts that maybe would get someone there, what, what do you tend to find are those biggest mental triggers, those biggest hurdles that need to be cleared to really not just lose the weight, but then truly keep it off? Here's where I see it to be such the important formula, and that is habits plus self-belief plus identity mm -hmm. equals right? A new change, a new behavior, sustainability. So yes, we need to look at what they're eating and you know how much they're exercising, but it's such a small component of it. Then we need to really look at that to under, underlying the subconscious beliefs about it. And then the identity, do they even think of themselves as someone that can be sustainably healthy? Because a lot of times they are the women, that, at least that are joining my programs are ones that have been on chronic diets. And mm -hmm. I am ultimately what I want for them and what they want for themselves is to be able to get to this weight that is not the weight that they were in high school, 
but a healthy way that they can sustain and feel really good about it. And here's the thing that they can trust themselves with Mm -hmm. to get them to learn to trust themselves, trust their eating, trust their, their own time management, you know, trust their own confidence to be able to trust themselves is just, it brings them to a whole new level. Yeah. Is there a story that kind of stands out of that ability of someone learning to trust themselves and what happened because of that? Oh my gosh. So (laughs) many. I have so many stories of that. The one though that always stands out is Jaylene and she lost 105 pounds. And I might've talked about her before. I don't know in the last podcast, but here she is, you know, she lost 105 pounds in 13 months on my program in the mind body fit club. And In that 13 months, she did not drink one protein shake, did not eat one protein bar, not even a meal plan, but guidelines, right? So it's guidelines. And I very much cover the gamut of behaviors, nutrition, exercise, bringing it all together. And so she lost that weight. And when she lost the weight, now she started to look at the problems in her marriage because once she lost the weight, she started to gain a new level of confidence that now things that were flying over her her radar before, now she was noticing them and she was not willing to take any kind of insults or be talked down to any longer. And so then she decided, I need a divorce. And of course, it didn't happen as condensed as I'm sharing it here. It was a process. But she ended up divorcing the man that she'd been married to unhappily for many, many years. And then that meant that she now in her job, it felt very mediocre. So she's going to work. She's underappreciated. She knows she can do better. She ends up getting a job that pays her three times the annual amount, three times. So now that meant she was able to buy her ex-husband out of their house that they had lived in for 25 years, the very house that he said, oh, you could never afford to live here. You're nothing without me, blah, 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 right? So not only did she lose 100, over 100 pounds, now she also gained back her life of you know having happiness and she tripled her income. And now she has found the love of her life. That's all happened in sustaining her weight for, for nine years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, Which, that's a true success I, story. Yeah, I love that kind of thing. And this is what happens when we position ourselves as being available to our clients beyond just a brief process. I tend to yes. say- you know, in my business model, we begin with a brief process, but then there's, of course, an option to continue on. And yes. there's a quick story that pops to mind, which is kind of the opposite of that one, apparently, <laughs> which is that, well, because she quit smoking, she met this guy who happened to be a runner. She became a runner along with him. They quit their corporate jobs to then open up a running store and then fund the entire track and field program for the entire county. And this is what they do now. And along the way, becoming really in shape. So this was one that ended in marriage. Yours stopped one. Yeah. Uh, But at the same point, it's someone finding their happiness, finding that ability where you start to realize that it's the entire system of the person that, you know, in some schools of thought, they called it generative change of what's that domino effect. I love, Mm -hmm. I think it's Michael Watson who called it evolutionary change. Mm that because of this, I can now do that. Because of that, I can now do this. Where that person who she is now, I'd imagine, kind of like my person's story, the old habits that got the weight on in the first place are now so completely incongruent. They're non-existent. The the common fear of what if she backslides just is not who she is anymore. 
Nope. And that's why I always come back to that question. I ask my clients this over and over and my members, who do you want to be? Who yeah. do you want to, because you want it to go all the way down to that identity level. And it's true. She would never go. She just, she wouldn't. It's, it's not even a question for her. Do you, you, know? do you ever get any pushback from that question of who do you want to be though? I imagine you're, you're letting it be who they want to become as themselves, as opposed to, yeah. I've heard some people challenge that question before in other models where, oh, I can't think of anyone else. I'd rather be, I like being me. Well, it's like, well, yes, but let's upgrade. <laughs> it's always in that context of upgrading. Yeah. And it's always in the context too of that means today. That means that choice, that next choice you make is congruent with who you want to be. So you're becoming nice. it. It's the as if principle. It's the same as if principle that we use on stage when we are hypnotizing and giving our volunteers a suggestion. It's as if you're J-Lo. In a moment on the count of three, it's as if you're J-Lo, right? And instantly they become J-Lo or they step into what that looks like. And, th and that's what I always want my weight loss clients to do is to step into who they want to be now with this very next meal choice. I love that as a framework that mentally they're stepping into that reality mm -hmm. and trusting in the fact that, you know, as we said before, it takes time. There's a level of patience to weight loss but mentally they can go there right away and just let the physical body appropriately catch up. Exactly. I'm saying that all the time to my people. Patience, patience, <laughs> patience. Like that is a huge part of this process is having like, let's figure out what that really great day is, what that looks like for you. And then repeat, repeat, repeat. We say that mm -hmm. all the time as the members, repeat, repeat, repeat. And I love that you brought up this longevity of having these clients go on this with you because it's so true. I love that I've known these people for 10 plus years and they're still buying from me and it just feels good. There's nothing awkward about it. Nothing awkward about asking for that sale. And for them, we, I call them clients. This is my new word, <laughs> friends and clients blended together. And it's something that some business people will tell you never to do. You know, never mix, you know, never say I love you to your clients. That would be, huh. But these women, we do, we do love each other. And just last night I was on a Zoom call with six of them and a couple of them had known each other for years because they've been in the club together and then new ones that they're getting to know. And they do, when they say goodbye, they're like, love you. See you next time, you know, and, and that's beautiful to, to know that you had a piece of these people's really their life story. Well, it's that ability to build that community where now, mm -hmm. not just for the sake of the business model that they're going to keep the recurring payment, but instead mm -hmm. they found that community that supports them and they can take those same skills out, I'm sure, to other parts of life. Oh my gosh, yes. Because let's remember that a lot of times they, they have families that are still involved in the dysfunction that they were trying to get away from, right? Mm -hmm. By making changes in their lives. And so the, those family members might still be dysfunctional. <laughs> and so that means they do need people in their life that are their quote unquote, like new family. Yeah. And that is what it becomes, the community experience for these people. It, it's awesome. I know that it has enriched my life. Absolutely. You know, learning from them and still, and, and their trust, their trust keeps me on my toes to still keep creating new content. It hasn't even gotten old for them. And we're a decade in for some nice. of these people. <laughs> so, Which I know, and part of why I had you have you back on here is that I've been watching that some of the life events and then some of the applications of changing some of that model. And I believe, correct me on this, taking an older book and revisiting it and now putting it out under a different title for the reason of 
changing our opinions and finding better ways to help our clients get there. So can you talk about that project a bit? Yes. So my new book is called Mind Body Fit Life. And it is version two of the original book that was written in 2011 called Burn Your Fat Pants. And Burn Your Fat Pants was named that to be sort of cheeky and fun. And it was taken off this idea that a lot of women have many different sizes in their closet and they're constantly going back and forth. And we want to really make a commitment to burning those other sizes and making a commitment to just really what are those habits and the belief that I need to have and the behaviors, the identity around being this certain ideal weight because everybody has their ideal weight, right? And it's not the same from one person to the next. So I did feel that the title needed to be changed. I was, I felt like it was no longer politically correct for a lot of people. And it's kind of like, you know, you can talk about my mom. I can talk about bad about my mom, but you can't talk about my mom. And it goes the same way with the word fat. They can call themselves that, but that is not something that you want to bring up. And I, the name of the book was burn your fat pants. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't make anybody offended just from the book. I want them to jump into the content. But here's the thing. My body fit life is because it is a life. It is a lifestyle for sure. And it's about adopting the behaviors and the identity of what that is to live this fit lifestyle. And so I took the original content and I upgraded it. I updated it. And I took all of the learnings that have so powerfully come into my work by way of these clients. A lot of what we do is we get better in the interim, just like we do in marketing. You know, you learn from testing your marketing, what works and what doesn't. And it's the same with our content, doing all these exercises week after week with my members. I know which ones grabbed hold, which ones made them really pay attention and go, oh my gosh, that was so great. And then put that into the book. So there was a lot better content in this new version. I'm always curious to ask this, was there something that you used to believe in terms of the approach that you had in a previous version that as you're now revisiting going, I do that better now, here's what's different? Yeah, what I do better now is playing both sides of being a disciplinarian coach as well as emotional intelligence and not pushing them to the point that I pissed them off but just enough, because <laughs> you know, but just enough to where we they know that I'm I'm pushing them and inviting them to push themselves out of love, out of respect, out of trust, and so I, I do that much better now than I did ten years ago. Yeah. So would you say before it was more of that style, but now finding it's that balance of when to kind of push and nudge in the new direction versus going very literal here. There's moments to give the high five, but there's also moments to shove. Yes. Yes. Constantly. It it really is. especially with this longevity of the clients and having patience and really helping them to get to that weight that they want to be. You know, one of the things that I think that our hypnotist listening could garner from this conversation is that just because they have a breakthrough doesn't mean they're going to habitize the breakthrough. And this is so apparent in the weight loss realm is that they might have this aha moment through a session and go, oh my, they connect the dots, 
right? And they go, oh my gosh, that's it. I can't believe I had been doing that to myself all these years and now I get the connection and wow. But now what they need to do is put that to work for them. That needs to become a habit every single day. And we see that with the foods they're eating, with their ability to keep exercising and staying consistent. If they don't habitize this breakthrough, and they have multiple breakthroughs, right? It's not just one. They won't still will get where they want to go. And I think that's where I've really grown as a hypnotist and as their weight loss coach is that I used to think that just connecting the dots would help their behaviors, but it doesn't. It does help on the subconscious level of, of helping them understand the pattern, Yeah. but they've got to put action to it. And it's really, really important. Well, this is that classic flaw of, let's say it's the model as, you know, some people would do age regression and look for a theoretical cause. Mm -hmm. And even some of the older textbooks in this industry would say, sit back and watch the miracle unfold. Mm -hmm. That is, if somehow just having the insight as to why the issue was there is going to resolve everything. I found when I was using that model briefly as the core training, this is now 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. The person now has validation but they still have the bad habits. Mm-hmm. But now they know why and they feel even worse. Oh so my I, I gosh, think yes. <laughs> I, yep. I think that's critical that yes, we can have the breakthrough, but then, and I'm modeling that word, not stealing, habitize. So what what's part of the strategy of- It is my word. So I like that. Steal yeah. it. I love that word, habitize. <laughs> it popped out of my mouth one day in, in a coaching experience with the group. But it's true because a breakthrough has this end piece where it has to be looked at with compassion on a regular basis, because they're going to be met with that next choice again and again and again and again, where they would have the proverbial, well, I walked out my house and I stepped in the mud puddle, the water puddle. And the next day I walked out my house, I did it again and it pissed me off. And then I did it again the next day, right? They keep doing it until they go, okay, there's a effing water puddle in front of my house. We need to get that fixed or I need to walk around it. So it's so it's so important that you stick with them and that they keep giving themselves compassion as mm-hmm. they grow through the change. You know, it's part of the process. Yeah. So in terms of here's a breakthrough, here's a discovery, what's that next step in terms of turning that into a habit mm-hmm. in your world? In my world, that is this idea of I eat the cookie in a moment of stress. Mm-hmm. The next stage is oh, I realize I'm eating the cookie. I eat it anyway. The next stage, (laughs) they go, screw it. I'm eating it anyways, because that's what I need right now. The next stage is, oh, there's the cookie. Should I eat it? Should I not eat the cookie? Then the stage after that is, okay, well, you know what? I'm finding other ways to soothe myself. I don't even need the cookie there. I don't even need to buy the cookie. It eventually gets to this place where they can be okay with themselves, whether they eat the cookie or not, right? It's not about the cookie. It's not about the damn cookie. Because it's just, and it's also not about the food ever, right? It's just the unconscious associations that they've attached to the food. Yeah. So what's the name of the book again? The name of the book is Mind, Body, Fit Life. Yeah. So is that something that works as a guide for the reader to kind of walk them through 
sort of a preview of your journey? What's like the user experience? Yeah. Of that? So the user experience, I wanted it to be both. I wanted it to be story heavy on the story. And it's my story because I myself have gone through all kinds of emotional eating behaviors and I'm on the other side of that. So I share my own story, but I also share stories of my members, which is another cool reason that you should have members long-term because there's a lot of good, rich content that comes from that. Uh, So stories of the members, but then I give process. And I put processes throughout the book because I did want them to have a DIY effect Mm -hmm. so that they didn't have to necessarily, I guess we want them to reach out to us as hypnotists, right? And do those sessions with us or join our programs. But I also want them to really receive value and growth from going through the book. And I have to tell you that this is not my big idea. I learned it from a book that I thought was really cool called Overcoming Under Earning with Barbara Hewson. And her entire book was interactive. And when I read that book, I thought, aha, I want to have my book be like this. And it had a lot of journaling prompts throughout the book. So my book has that in it as well. Nice. Awesome. Well, it's been great having you back on here again. What's the best way for people to get in contact with you? They can go to my website, the same one at wakeupyourbest.com. Excellent. And the book's out now? The book is out now. It's on Amazon. It's also, it has its own URL, mindbodyfitlife.com. If they want to go direct to that page, they can go to mindbodyfitlife.com. And if they order it from my website, then I'll sign it for them and send them some fun little bonus materials as well. Cool. Excellent. We'll put links to everything in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com. Though, any final thoughts for the listeners out there? Stick in it with your clients. They're worth it. Jason Lynette, once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for sharing it on your social media streams, and of course, leaving your reviews and leaving this as a community resource as well. You can head over to the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com to find out how to connect with Deanna. And also while you're there, check out hypnoformula.com to learn some groundbreaking methods in terms of creating some powerful programs specifically for your clients. Check that out, hypnoformula.com. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.